Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and May is Mural Month. Welcome to the best time of the year. All month long, you'll hear from master muralists to learn the tips to creating a thriving business painting large scale. I have handpicked each interviewee based on their expansive knowledge of the mural industry so that you can learn from the absolute best. Plus, I'm throwing in some solo episodes all about how to make money with murals. And if that isn't enough, I have created a full training for you all about how to grow your art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this month and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Or if you're wondering if you are able to create murals too, then go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co, not com. That was taken. Dot com was taken. <laughs> anyway, to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. So go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training for the month of May. Woo! Welcome to Mural Month! This week's episode features Toronto-based muralist Corrado Malia. I was so excited for this interview, mostly because I was really curious how Canadians do this whole mural thing. And I don't want to ruin the surprise for you, but it's very similar to how us Americans do the mural thing. And like I mentioned before, I just like talking to other muralists because it's kind of like a bonding thing, getting to hear that we all have the same hurdles to jump over, like weather, and supplies, and painting on weird things, and sketching, and payments. The majority of our conversation today surrounded pricing and getting paid, making that money, which is always a hot topic. <laughs> I hope this interview gives you a bit of clarity on pricing and makes you feel a little better and more prepared to give your next mural bid, no matter how big the job is. There's really no absolute right way to associate money with murals and pricing and all of that, but we're going to chat about it anyway and tell you how we do it. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Corrado Malia. If you could just start out by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got into the mural biz, we would love to hear it. Hey, my name is Corrado Malia. I'm in the Toronto area. I'm not in Toronto. I'm about half an hour north of Toronto, but Toronto's big and everybody just says Toronto. I've been drawing like all my life, and but in school, you always, what are you going to do for a living? There's always a starving artist thing. So I didn't know what to do. So in college, I took graphic design and that was okay. I, I didn't really like it. So I, I just started practicing uh, painting. I picked up an airbrush. The reason I picked up an airbrush is to learn to blend colors good. And so I just started painting everything. I started painting murals in my home. My parents would go vacation. They would come back and be like dolphins on the wall. Like uh, that it is a surprise. They were very supportive. So I can't, you know, I, I have to thank them for that. My parents encouraged me to paint the garage doors. So it was a Ferrari and a Lamborghini on each side. I didn't want to do it. My dad's idea, and he loved it. The neighborhood loved it. And that's it. And so how I got my first job, I was looking for work, and I got practicing in my house enough and friends' homes. When it got to the point that, okay, I'm fairly decent at this. I could, I think I could start charging money. I just, I did the cold calling because this was in the, in the mid-90s. 
So we didn't have the internet. And now I just went cold calling, leaving flyers. And it was hard. It wasn't easy. But I walked into a theater one time. It was around when Jurassic Park, the second one, was coming out. And I just said, this is what I do. I'd like to fucking paint murals for you. And they didn't have anything from Universal. So the theater manager is, okay, we don't have anything, but I'll talk to my boss and we'll see. Well, I'm not sure. So I took a chance. It was a big chance, but I went home that night, bought like a canvas. I made a frame, just a four by six foot. I painted like 18 hours. I did the mural. And I just think because they might not have bought it. They did. So I was lucky. And that was like my first official job. And then it just picked up from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. your first official job, you wanted to get the job. So you went ahead and painted it and then you pitched it to them. So you knew what the yeah. idea was. There was no, okay, we want this for sure. They said they like my work, but got to talk to the boss and they ended up buying it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything huge or anything, but that was like my first, like from a non family member or, or friend uh, job. And I was in uh, 97. That's awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. We just had a comment here. I want to read you. Corrado painted our hood liner on our Camaro green flash. Awesome oh, yes. Would recommend yes. him to everyone. Oh, well, that's awesome. We, we, we just had, we have a couple comments on here. So people saying, Oh my gosh, he's great. I'm like, okay. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That, yeah, your work is really great. And I love how you pitched yourself and like you did the cold calling you and you went and you just did the job because in the beginning, you have to be so scrappy, and you definitely were. And are you really, would you say you're really scrappy, like, nowadays, now that you've built up your reputation? Or Well, like, so, honestly, in the beginning, it was very tough. There was, like, a couple of years, like, I was never steady. I had to get part-time jobs. And now I'm booked, like, months in advance. I don't do any direct advertising, but I've been doing this uh, 24 years now. So it's not an overnight thing. Some artists might get lucky. That's great if you can, but I don't know. I had to learn to paint a lot of things. There's some things I'm still learning to, to paint I'm not great at but I try to do jobs to my strength uh, things yeah. I like I like painting big portraits cars those types of things yeah I love that too and just to echo what you just said too it's after being in it so long it does get so much easier so for anybody watching yeah. and they're like oh my gosh he's so scrappy in the beginning like you don't always have to be like that <laughs> it, yeah. it gets so yeah. much easier when it's once you get over a hump was it very slow growth or did you just find like a small hump one one summer yeah. and you're busy yeah it's like it, it's like the best advertisement if you do a, a good job the customers and you and another thing like I find there's a lot of fantastic artists but some of them not all of them some of them don't have a good attitude and it's like the customer you're painting in a someone's home, but you have to be nice, be polite, be clean, be friendly. And you can be the best artist, but if somebody doesn't want you in the home, you're not going to get repeat business. I've been lucky that a lot of my customers will refer me to their friends or they, a lot of times they ask for some business cards and that's how I get my work now. Like I don't do any direct advertising, but yeah, in the beginning, no, it was very hard. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I had to take a job and it was in collections and I only did it for a couple of months. It's a long time ago. And it was terrible at it because, like, I'm too nice. And it, I, I felt bad for the people, but that was just how it was in the beginning until I picked up my business. Yeah. yeah but it's an experience, right? So. <laughs> yeah. And it makes you <laughs> grateful for where you are now, like, not having to do those jobs that you don't necessarily like and that you aren't meant for. I love that you also said that you stick to the things that you really like to do and the things in your wheelhouse. So, Say someone wanted you to paint something that was completely outside of your wheelhouse. Do you refer that to someone or do you go ahead and try it? Or Yeah, sometimes if I know it's like something that I don't like doing, something that I'm not 
best suited. And if I know another artist that's better at it, I, I will refer them. I got no problem with that. So you're not going to do every job that comes by you. I'm not afraid of the challenge, but certain things like if I feel I can't do it justice, I'd rather, I tell them, I said, rather this person will do it. They do it really good and they specialize that. I got no problem doing that. Yeah. So what is your specialty? Like flowers and rainbows or no, glitter? Or... <laughs> no, I'm not. You know what? I, I hated that at first and now I kind of like him and I'm not great at it. I'm trying to do better at it because I've seen it done. Like you do that stuff really good. And I've seen a lot of people do it good. And actually I got one coming up next week and it's like that. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it because maybe just my mind has changed to getting older, but I want to do a good job at it. So yeah, but scenery is not my strong point. I'm always trying to improve that. Another thing I'm not great at is fire. Like the realistic fire that the airbrush guys do. I just can't get it right. And if somebody only wants that, I'll, I will just say it's not my specialty. Like I think, and a lot of times I think they appreciate it because if if I know I'm not going to do as good as another person, they appreciate this. Say thanks for your honesty. I've had that a few times. So I'm not, I'm always up for a challenge, but at the end of the day, the customer has to get the best job possible. So, so true. Yeah. If they're going to pay their hard earned money too, for something yeah. they want it to be, you know, at the best it can be and you're the professional. So they're coming to you. So how do you meet these other artists that you refer to? And also if you refer stuff to them, do you get referrals from other artists too? Or No, I know there's no like official or anything. It's mostly because I've been doing this for a while. There was a forum called airbrush.com. I don't think it's around anymore, but a lot of those people I still talk like Jody Barilow. He's really great. You should interview him too. There's a lot of people I know from there. Patrick Ganino, he's not an airbrush artist, but he does He's in Connecticut. He does fan. There's a lot. I could go on talking forever, but yeah, I'll, I'll send them their email or something. Yeah. I don't ask for a referral fee. I personally don't like that. I, I, some people may do that. I, I don't. I, like if I know somebody that's going to do a good job, I will happily refer somebody to them. I don't ever want to kick back. So. Yeah. 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 And if you do good and put good out, you'll eventually get it back in some way. Maybe not a tally mark of, I did this for you. You did this for me, but I feel, I really think that if you're fair and you give back and you're a good person, like things just come back, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So how did you learn to paint? Was it all just trial and error? Did you take a couple YouTube classes? Like how did you well, learn? Like uh, I'm still learning. Trust me, I'm still learning. Like I said, with the airbrush, I first got it. My parents got me when I was 15. I didn't know what I was doing. There wasn't no like YouTube around and I couldn't figure it out. For, for I put it aside for a couple of years until then I just learned, okay, I got to just pick this up and then it's a tool. And for some reason in the beginning, I don't know why, I, for a few years, I thought everything had to be done with an airbrush. I don't know why I had this mentality. And airbrush is great for certain things, but you know that some things, it's like sometimes better just pick up a brush, you get a solid line and, and then you overspray. One time I was just learning in my parents' basement, I did a beach wall all with an airbrush. I didn't have any spray guns. I didn't know about masking or putting plastic up to protect. And not to like, yeah, the whole basement was covered in a f fine blue dust. And my mother and my, <laughs> my grandma was clean. I felt so bad, but that's how I learned over. And I always say this today, never underestimate how far overspray goes. Put plastic, it travels. So now I use about half and half. If it's a solid color, just roll it on. You don't have to spray it. If it's outside, okay, you can't. But then you're outside, you have to worry about if there's cars underneath, when it's windy, droplets will go everywhere. So, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that is such a crucial lesson that everybody has to learn. I'm so glad you mentioned that too. I'm so interested in airbrush because I've used very little of it, mostly because of the overspray. Like I, yeah. and just a lot of my projects are indoors. And so when I am outdoors, I don't even think to use spray paint, but, or airbrush or any kind of thing, but I wish I, I would do it more. So would you have some tips for maybe what kind of products to use on that? And like, where's give me an example of somewhere that you would use an airbrush and an area where you would definitely not um okay so for one thing when it's indoors obviously i use as little as i can when it's just an airbrush that's not so bad because overspray is little if i'm inside in somebody's home that's finished of course i cover everything up but i don't want to get my big spray guns out because that's going to make more overspray so a lot of times i'll roll the background and then I'll, I can all airbrush details or fades on top. Like I said, it's just use the best, like uh, Drew Blair. He's probably the best airbrush artist in the world. Even him, not everything he does is with an airbrush. He'll use scalpels to, for cares on people's face. So just use the best tool for the job, I find. Okay. Um, is there a brand of paint that you use? I like it's a line Createx. And they have a line Wicked because it's made by Createx. It's American paint. It's light fast, which means it doesn't fade. It's very durable. It's acrylic, so it's non-toxic. You still got to wear a mask. For larger stuff, I like Nova Color is amazing. I took a a, a class by John Pugh. Um, he's an amazing... <gasps> yeah, he yeah, he is amazing. He's the one who told me about Nova Paint. If it's good enough for him, it's for sure good enough for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm in Canada, so I have to order it and then... I would go to Buffalo and pick it up, but I can't do that because of pandemics. But I have a lot. Of, that stuff is the best. Like, Hulse Paint is okay. Like, Bear is actually pretty good. People slam Bear, but I, its coverage is pretty good. But the Nova Color, the pigment, it's like pure pigment. It, it's the best. Yeah, and you can spray it if you thin it. But, no. yeah, you can. But in an airbrush, its if you have a bigger nozzle, it's better. But the spray gun, it, it sprays really nice. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So many airbrushing tips. Okay. Let's see. I just had a question and then it left me. Let's see. Oh yeah. So you took a class from, with John Pugh. Okay. Have you taken other classes from other muralists and whatnot? Um, um, let me think. This was, so this was like, that was a mural roots. It's a Toronto uh, mural painting uh, uh, group. And it was like, it wasn't a class. It was like a, it was like a little, like a, just like a, I think it was a couple hours. Him and Bill Wrigley, for the most of it, I would have to be self-taught, like Airbrush Magazine. Now there's online. There's a lot of tricks online. Some people pick it up really fast. I didn't. Like, I think it's just, it's a skill that some people maybe are born with or you can learn it, but I don't know. It's like, yeah, for the most part, I'm self-taught. When I was young, I took classes, like drawing classes and stuff. And they, for some reason, they kept on making us draw like still life, like gourds and stuff and fruit. I, I hated it. I know it was good practice, but I didn't like it. And but it was good practice. So anything you learn, is it's going to help it, at least to some extent. Yeah, definitely. Would you say you are very comfortable with an airbrush right now? and Or how long did that take to get there? A few years to be comfortable with it. Like, uh, I'm not the best at it, but like, I still, I, I use it about half and half now. It used to be 100%. And like I said, for, I don't think it's the best tool for everything. But I'm, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Okay. And I prefer freehand, but... There's a stigma about airbrushing, like people say 100% freehand. That's great, but if you need to pick up a handheld stencil for a shield, there's nothing wrong with that. Just do it. If you need to pick up a paintbrush, make things easier for yourself. It's about the end result, I find. That's just my view. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. There's, I have so many overspray stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we I, all do. <laughs> yeah. It's, I remember I was doing like a cabinet area in a store inside and I just did a bunch of, I put drop cloth down that it was probably about five feet out and yeah. I didn't put drop cloth underneath the cabinet. Yeah. I just put it right up next to it thinking it would fall. And i pulled the drop cloth away. It was five feet of drop cloth and there was a line around everything. And oh, yeah. I looked underneath the cabinet and there was just a little dusting of all this rainbow colors underneath. I was like, no. And so, yeah, everything smelled like paint thinner after yeah. that. Oh, Have you had something yeah. similar happen? Yeah, that's what, that's the reason why. Yeah. Like I was trying to think, I never had a real horror story because I'm very, especially when you're in somebody's home, you have to protect everything but yeah it go in like the dust it's not just okay if, if i'm spraying i don't cover the actual paint but it falls as dust so it can be swept but you still don't want dust going in the and everything where like at the end of the day you'll have like blue dust even though you wear a mask a little bit still creep yeah yeah so true <laughs> yeah i remember working on a store and there was somebody spraying i'd say she was 15 feet away from me and she was doing a wall and I was just around and I blew my nose at the end of the day and I had blue because it was she was doing yeah. underwater scene I had blue that I blew out of my nose and I was like what I wasn't even near her really but it's crazy how far it goes okay. yeah it goes in the air and in, in your lungs it's not good even though it's water based it's it's not good yeah okay so you're getting a lot of your commissions from word of mouth now I'm just going to echo that again for everybody who is wanting to be a muralist thinking about it and the idea of starting is super super hard but it gets easier and now you are you get recommended how do you price your murals if you don't mind me asking we love to talk about money we love to talk about hourly rates or square foot and what you're making I think it's really motivational for other artists who want to leave their job and anybody has like a steady income they're like can I really be an artist can I make decent money as an artist what do you make just <laughs> let me know like, I'll keep, to be honest, pricing is still my hardest thing. Like, the, <laughs> the painting, I love it. I, the, and it's, every job is different. So I go generally by square foot, but okay. it still depends. So it can range from, and that's another thing. When you go bigger, the price usually goes down per square foot, just because it details okay. less tight. Like, I can do like a, a 10 by 10 foot wall, if I have a scissor lift. Let's say if it's a portrait, could take me as, sometimes it could take me less as if it's a small canvas. So... Right, like I did a, I did a Mike Tyson and a Rocky mural all with a SATA mini jet. It's it's just it's a small spray gun all with that, and it was pretty quick. So it can go ten dollars a square foot to thirty dollars, but even then, it's it's a ballpark because you got to think if the walls to be primed, if it's outside, you have to deal with the weather. If there's this, if you got to get a lift involved, there's so many factors. The level of detail, so it's hard. It's never. And I find that if I price right, I try not to ever price on the spot because I'll always get it wrong. I'll either go, <laughs> yeah. too, I usually go too low or you can go too high, but yeah, it, it's the, I hate it. It's the worst part of my job, but it's necessary. You have to figure these things out. I don't ever price by hour. I see a lot of people do this and if that works for them, that's great. But for me, I find it's, it's not because sometimes things will take longer and I like, I want to give quality, not. Like I'd rather do 10 great murals a year than a hundred mediocre ones. And if it takes me a little, a little longer, I'll take that time. Or sometimes the airbrush will clog up. You don't want to, you can spend 10 minutes re taking it apart and the customer is there watching, okay, I'm paying by the hour. Am I paying for this? So I just don't, I don't ever price by hour. I don't, do you ever price by hour? 
Uh, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. because the whole square feet thing is, but I don't tell them like I, in my head, when I, when they're like, Hey, I want this, I will add it up how many hours I think it'll take in my head and I'll just give them a price. And yeah. that's, but I don't actually tell them what I make per hour. That way yeah. they're not like, I'll just give them like a day rate or a half day rate or a week rate or something like that. But it's funny as you're talking, because that's exactly what I tell people too. If they want a square foot rate, I'll be like, it could be between 10 and 30. I don't know. I like yeah. say exactly what you say. So it's yeah. so funny how we're all just like, it's it depends but yeah between 10 and 30 is also just a ballpark and 30 yeah i i like that you mentioned when it gets larger it gets less per square foot because i had, I had never actually really thought about doing it like that because this for the whole square foot thing 30 dollars a square foot can add up so fast yeah. if someone has a, a 10 by 10 wall that is at three thousand something like that <laughs> like, yeah it it adds up so quickly and yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not set, It's not like, I don't ever say, okay, this wall is, I don't say it's like, oh, it's exactly this because of the square foot. It's just, it's more for me and it helps me figure out also, okay, travel time. Is this place 10 minutes away? Is it two hours away? You have to like take just so many things you have to keep in mind. And the daily rate is actually, is a pretty good too. But even that you have to figure out it's different in every area. The materials you use, like just, it's hard. Like I said, I'm still, you're probably better at it than me. I've watched all your, listened to all your podcasts and you're really good at the pricing. <laughs> so you got it done good. Oh, thanks. But it's just, it's good to ch- chat with other artists just to see how you're doing it because there's so many ways to go about this. And so I guess this is just a good lesson for anybody listening to say there's no right or wrong way. It's just your way and whatever you think is fair. Do you give them just one lumped price or do you give them like a breakdown of supplies and everything? No, I, n- I never do that. So my price is always going to include that. I don't want to like nickel and dime people on like, oh, yeah. I got to use two rolls of tape, so I got to charge next for. I don't I, like as a customer. For I don't want to be nickel and dime, so it's a all in one price. Now, if the design changes drastically, where it's the same painting, you know, two figures, and then they want five figures, you got to change the price. Obviously, that's going to change the price for sure. But the what was the question? Lumps. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I give a. I'll usually give a range. Oh, that's safe. I like yeah. that. And <laughs> yeah. to be honest, as most people, when you say. They'll usually want the lower range. I probably do that in my head too. So maybe pump up your high range by, because sometimes people will, can add stuff that they see where you're working. Like you could be in a house and you're painting one wall and it's like, okay, that's great. Can you do my other kid's wall? I really love the range thing. That's what I've started doing here recently. I have this whole script in my head. Basically, like when someone's, what are your prices? I don't even know. And I just had a call with a guy yesterday. He was wanting a big mural in a school. I didn't know what big meant, but I was like, okay, murals usually start at maybe... I don't know, 700 and then you can go up to 10,000, but my usual median is about two or three. And he was like, okay, let's do about two or three. And I was like, okay, great. And I usually tell people I can create like a design to fit, but that is like exactly what I said. That's been my new pitch here for the last month. And that really has helped just to, and a $10,000 mural for me is pretty rare. Like it's maybe a few, like a few times a year or so, but just to say, Hey, it can go up this high and we can do that. If you have the budget for it because then it opens it up for them you know yeah was, uh, someone somebody told me and i gotta always remember this is never think with your own wallet oh so, so true. right yeah i gotta repeat it to myself because i still do it 
like yeah, ten thousand. Like I've done those, but it, they're not too often. And ten thousand to me or you or is, is could be like it's nothing to someone. Yeah, I'd say it's a lot for me too, but for someone else, it's nothing. Right? And so I'll true. tell you something: the higher end customers, it's almost like they want to spend more. It's like they have you ever heard that thing? But with the wine, they did a study with the two bottles of the same exact bottle of wine. They gave one. This is a five dollar glass of wine, and this is a hundred dollar glass. It was the same glass, and everybody says, "Oh, the hundred dollar glass is much better. It's much richer." It is just perception. So now I'm not saying go overcharge people. Let be fair, but like undercharging is not good either because the perceived value is is oh this mural is like five hundred dollars. I have the three million dollar home. I want something nice for it. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, so true. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that too. It's just, that's also something that I struggle with a lot. I yeah. grew up with not very much money. It, it's really good for me because my husband, yeah, my husband grew up with like, he was very comfortable. And so two, two different worlds thing. And so anytime I'm talking about pricing, like I was pricing for an engineering firm doing a mural for them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is going to end up being 10,000. And he looked at me, he's that is nothing to them. Yeah. And I can't, even imagine that yeah you're totally right just don't what did you say don't price with your own wallet yeah don't yeah when you're pricing don't go by your wallet like like and okay so my wife used to manage a high-end uh kitchens like a a kitchen store i don't want to say but anyway they would sell like five thousand dollar coffee makers and ten thousand dollars there was like a stove that was like 70 grand and sometimes i would say the price and she's like like that's way too low and she's still, she's my best business person because she's still teaching, telling me these things. Like, it's the hardest part for me. And you just, it's it's like mural painting is, I love it. It's a lot of work. And most people never realize until, and because I airbrush, there's there's a, probably more equipment. Like there's the compressor, all my stuff. So it's like a whole carload of stuff, the ladder, compressor. And I think only when they I get to the house and they see me unloading all, then they realize, okay, there's a lot of work. And they appreciate it, but I don't think they know until some pe- I'm not just walking in with a paintbrush and a little can of paint. And so you have to charge according for it. Oh, so true. And I often forget about that too, until people point that out, the supplies that are needed. Like yeah. I, I use a projector and it's a nice one. And then I have, I just bought a scaffolding like six months ago to help on stuff. And it, we were actually doing home projects here and someone asked like, Hey, did you rent this? I'm like, actually, no, I own it. They're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a business expense. And just, yeah, Yeah. with the air compressors, with the paint, the brushes, like there's so much, there's so many expenses. I just did my taxes a couple months ago and just to write out all of the expenses needed, even website fees, all of that stuff. I was just like, ta, (laughs) it's, it's crazy. There, there is a lot to go into it. Yeah. But it's necessary. It's like you invest in good supplies and good paint and you're going to use it. You can write it off. You have to like, don't use cheap paint, especially outside. Like you have to use light, fast paint, like yellows and reds are the worst, but use good paint, use exterior paint. Nova is really great for that. So I don't work. I don't get sponsored by them. I wish I did, but that stuff is really good. So (laughs) yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We should contact Nova in some way and do a giveaway <laughs> or something. Just get, yeah, it's, these are all natural recommendations for anybody listening. Yeah. We're not getting paid to say this, but we should, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, I just, I, I keep thinking about your wine comparison too, of just pricing in that way of just people think that they're getting a better deal 
with it. And it's funny because I, I remember in the beginning, I would price things at a few hundred dollars or one or two or three hundred. And I would make that in a day. And people were like, I would still get so many people that would say, no, like that's too expensive for me. And nowadays it's more in the like 700 a day range. But I, I just, and I'm rarely getting people saying that's too expensive for me. It's just funny how when you put out your pricing of smaller amounts, you attract those people who can afford that or people who can barely afford that. But when you're putting out bigger products and at a bigger price tag, you attract those people who can afford that or are saving up to afford that in that area. It just was blowing my mind here recently how yeah, I'm not getting those like little bitty customers anymore. They're more, they're getting bigger every single year. Is that what you are? Have you ex experienced that? Murals are a luxury. It's nobody needs a mural. Like, yep. um, <laughs> like you know, so like, like, it, okay, I want a Lamborghini. I can't afford a Lamborghini. Like it's a luxury. <laughs> so if, if some people don't, and I understand the average person has no idea how much it costs. Some people might expect over $200, but like for $200 is not worth to, for me to log all my stuff and do a job and like, it's not worth it. Like I said, the day rate, it's not, it, if it's something I'm painting in my studio, I can whip it off quick. That's one thing, but a $200 is almost like it, it's, you have to have a minimum, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Let, let's talk about that because a lot of artists, I've, I get this question a lot too. Whenever you're first starting out, you take everything, right? I, and I, I recommend that to everybody to take everything, anything you can get, like anything you can make money with a paintbrush. And then as you grow a little bit more, you set a minimum. What were your minimums that you've grown throughout the year? I don't like the minimum, like uh, probably about $400 a day is, is minimum. I don't, like I said, I don't necessarily have what's going to be that, but that's probably about what it works out to. Yeah. I, I remember when I started getting busier, I, like after I was finally at the point of saying no to certain things like pet portraits. I really don't like doing pet portraits. Yeah. I finally started knowing to that. And even just friends too, they were like, Hey, can you do this? Finally, I started saying, okay, no, $200 is my, my absolute minimum. I'm not going to leave my house, get prepared, do a sketch for you, do all the stuff to make less than $200. I'm just not doing yeah. it. And then now it's 500. That's what, and now I was even thinking of raising it to 700 maybe yeah. next year. I don't know. Cause it's just crazy busy right now, but that was my progression as we've gone along. When do you, would you say that someone say somebody's listening and they're like, I want to set a minimum one day. How do I know when the right time is? Okay, if you're getting steady work, okay, what's the saying? If you get if you get every job that you bid on, you're charging too little. Ooh, um, I like that. I, yeah, I, I didn't invent that. I heard that, and I think it's totally true. You're not going to get, unless you're charging too low, you're not going to get every job and be okay with that. Yeah, okay, this, it takes time, but, sorry. No, you're good, you're good, yeah. It's, it's hard to think of questions on the spot, so you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. No, um... Like just so all the minimum a day, yeah. Like it just it's yeah. I can't say for anyone else because it depends on your economic area. But if you're so yeah, if you're getting steady jobs and you're like up your minimum, you got to think a minimum wage. Like you, you were an artist. Like if you're doing this for a living, you have to have a decent amount of skill. People want your work, so charge for it. I, I see a lot of the there's the mural uh, thing on Facebook. It's really great. But a lot of the beginners ha have an attitude. Is, I'm lucky to do this. And the customers sometimes know this. It's like innate and they think they're, they're doing you a favor, but like you're doing work. Like, yeah, it's great to build your portfolio, but 
I almost figured unless you're doing it for charity that you want to do, it's almost better to do work in your own home or family or friends to build your portfolio. Because if you're doing this work in the beginning to get your name out there, but you're charging, let's say, $500 for two weeks worth of work, what's that customer going to say? Oh, th this is great. How much did you pay? $500. Now you're that $500 artist. Like you don't want that. It's bad for business, right? So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And there is like a weird happy medium too in the beginning of taking everything. And then also I've seen a couple artists, not many, but some where in the beginning they're like, I will not work for less than $40, 40 an hour. And I'm a beginner artist. I'm like, eh, like maybe. So there is like a weird middle point of demanding too much or knowing your worth and not working for pennies. Yeah. It's a, it is a fine line. Cause if you charge so much that you're not getting work or that everybody said like a lot of times people say charge more, charge more. But like at the same time, there's going to be a line where the customer is not willing to pay. There's a certain market value. So that's always a fine line to, to walk. Don't yeah. want to charge too little and, and you don't want to charge too much. If, and if you're steady work, that's where you want to be in the happy medium. Yeah. Everything is just a weird, happy medium balance. Yeah. I have a question for you. I was just thinking of, Amanda, she's in the Artist Academy Advanced, and lately she asked a question because she just bid a project for a restaurant, and I remember her posting in there, and she said that she gave them a pretty good rate, and then whenever they were talking to her about what they wanted, it ended up being way more than what she thought, like more work. So I'd say she, she told them it was going to be $1,000, and they were talking to her, and like she, she realized, oh, wow, this is going to take me a really long time. So she posted in there asking what she should she do, and then maybe ways of cutting corners or whatnot. So what would be the advice that you would give to Amanda? So if, if, if she negotiated for, so let's say she, it was, she thought it was $1,000 for one wall, and then, they, and then they say, oh, it's three walls. Like, you just have to be honest and tell them, like, be firm, like, like we artists are some, I suffer them this big time. We're too nice sometimes. You just have to be like, be polite with them, obviously, but just explain if a restaurant is buying one stove and they get one price for it and then they want, oh, we want three stoves. Obviously the stove company is going to charge them for three stoves. So you, she, she has to do the same thing, right? In her circumstance, though, I totally get where you're coming from. They, it wasn't more than one wall. It was just a really detailed design. So it was yeah. going to take her like double, triple the time. Yeah. Would you still say that or maybe explain to them or what would you say? Okay. So was it, is it like, did they change the design or is it like she just yeah. realized, uh, oh, see, okay, so well, if they change the design, so. she, yeah. If they yeah. change the design, she just has to be honest and say, a mural can take a day, it can take a week, it can take a month, depending. She just has to explain that to them. Most people are understanding. Like, <laughs> and if they don't, if they're not understanding, you don't want to work with them. Like, most of my customers are actually really good. And I, I you just, I, I think people on average are reasonable. If you just explain it to them, be professional and you just tell them like this job, it's not a two day job. It's going to take three, three weeks or whatever. They'll probably understand or, or they'll work something out. I don't know if she's just starting out, but okay, maybe when you're starting to give a little lower price, but you still have to charge 
for your work appropriately. Yeah, so true. I have a story. I actually just ran into this with doing a window painting. So window paintings for me are like a half a day project. Like it's, they pay like a couple hundred bucks. I go out there for a few hours and knock out a window painting. I don't even, I usually don't even do a contract with it. It's just so fast and easy. People usually love it. I went out there to this bar downtown and did a window painting for them. And like, I gave them a price of four windows for three fifty. And so when I got out there, they were like, okay, we're going to do all of our windows, which is basically double. And I made the mistake of not saying, okay, well, that's going to be more. I assumed that they knew because I've had many customers before say like at the end of it, I was like, okay, I did this and this, it's going to be this much, it'll be more. And they're like, okay, cool. Like they get it. I made the mistake of not saying that. So at the end of it, I was like, hey, like I basically did over double of what you asked for. But if you could just pay like a couple hundred more or actually I asked for 150 more instead of 350 for 150 to make it even 500. And they were like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I was like, I did double of what you asked what the price was. And they were like, no, I'm not paying this. And I was just like, what? (laughs) And then they, so we we went back and forth and I was just like, okay, we'll just do this amount. So I took it off and then they, I put it on there that they're like, that they didn't want to pay for it for the extra work. And they're like, you're being catty. We're not going to pay. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm going to take you to court if you don't pay. And this is the first time I actually have to do it because they're refusing to pay for any of it. They're saying that I didn't complete it because they're just, they didn't like that I wanted more. And so they're like, we don't think it's done at all. We want more. They wanted me to come back and do even more. It was just, it's just a whole thing. First and only time I've ever had to do this and everybody else is so great. It's just learn from my mistake. <laughs> yeah, you you'll you'll learn from these mistakes. Like I I used to paint a bunch of restaurants, big diners. I won't say the name. They're most of them are gone now. And I was friends with this guy. I painted, I think about six of them. So lots of uh, decent money, like a lot of work on one of them because I I I was friends with them. I didn't get any payment. In the end, I ended up doing about two months of work, and I never got. I still to this day. <sighs> I've not gotten paid for now. I don't even know where the guy is anymore, but it's, you have to, you just learn. And I'll, this is why I always say, get a deposit, get progress payments. Cause I've done it myself. I speak from experience. So yeah. Things, yeah Wait, you didn't get happen, paid yeah. at all. Could you, did On, you not want um, No, I got maybe half of it, but it was a few thousand, like several thousand dollars. I was out and I've never wow. gotten it. I even tried sending like lawyer letters and, this was a long time ago and I won't do that again, but you'll learn. So for now, like if you're painting your windows, you see, you're going to say it's three windows and that's what it is. And they want more. That's fine. But just, okay. I'm painting six. Now I got to charge double or whatever. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anytime anybody asks me, I'm going to be like, Nope. Okay. This is, you want more? Okay. This is what it is. It's so, it's funny though. Cause sometimes you're just like in the moment and you're there like, yeah. okay, this, and then do this. And I'm like, okay, like just be happy, yeah. like pleasing. And then at the end it's okay. And then they're like, no, <laughs> it's like, oh, fine. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But like 99% of the time, customers are so great and yeah. people appreciate you and they appreciate the work that we do and they want to pay and what's fair. And, but then there's always this like bad apple. <laughs> yeah. I find, like I said, they have most customers, like the customers that are hiring us, they appreciate art and they're honestly almost really good. So, but you're going to get these stories that they're going to have. It happens in every business, just 
the thing is just don't forget it and don't let it happen again. That's that I'll always remember that story of that place that I got, I never got that money. This is why the, on the, on the forums that we say, get money up front, get money up front. Cause I did it myself. Yeah. Th that is a thing too. Yeah. yeah. Businesses just closing or if someone's starting a business and they file bankruptcy or something like we're not getting yeah. paid. So taking a deposit, that's also an amazing uh, Another thing, thing that, uh, sorry. Yeah. Go for uh, it. One thing I have to see, this is a 15 years ago, a restaurant uh, was hiring me and they had these really amazing drawings from another muralist. And they gave me this. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, where do these come from? Like, why aren't you hiring this person? They're really, these drawings are like better than anything I can do, especially in those days. So I didn't end up using them because it's, I felt weird, but I've always wondered what happened to like, what, where did, so that's another thing um, with the designs, like charge, like I don't charge a design fee, but it's part of my, I won't design until I get a deposit. And the point is that, yeah, because it does happen where you can do a design for someone and they haven't even paid you. And then maybe they'll shop around for someone cheaper, another artist. And then they, now they're using your design and you're not even getting paid for it. Also, yeah, don't design for, don't do any work for out without getting a, a deposit or something. So and most true. customers are fine. If they don't want to give you a deposit, <laughs> that's a red flag right there. Oh, true. Yeah, so true. So I know that some people won't even put customers on their calendar unless they, they do a deposit. And yeah. I, I usually do that. If I know I'm going to have to do a bunch of designing, I'm like, okay, no, at least pay something. What is your deposit amount? Like how much do you have people to put in deposit? I like, uh, it's, it's usually, it's a small, usually about four or $500 unless Me it's too. a big thing that, yeah, then I'll do, it could be like 30% of the job or something. And it, for me, it's not an extra fee, but it's included in the cost and it's a non-refundable. But honestly, in, in over 20 years, once they, I've never had a job like cancel, like once they've gone to the design and have, they've done the deposit, it, it always goes through. I've never had yeah. to worry. Yeah. It okay. would be non-refundable anyways, because I've, I could spend a day, two, three days designing. So that's the work that's done. So. Do you explain to them the rules and everything before they do the deposit that, that it is non-refundable and it goes towards their end payment? Yeah, usually, it's usually not even at very details. I'll just, I'll talk, I'll first, like, okay, I'll, how I usually do it, they'll either email me or call me. And on the phone, when they'll ask you a ballpark price, and I'll give them a very basic range because I don't know what's involved. And and that usually, sometimes people have no clue. They might think well, it's $200 and it's not going to, okay, that's not for them. Or if they're okay, you I go see the, the house, I'll take measurements, discuss what they want. And once I get to the point where I'm going to the house, it's like about 90%. I'm going to get the job. And then, then I'll get, then that's when I say, okay, I, I need a deposit. I'll do a design. Give me a couple of weeks or whatever for the design. And they get to approve it. I do it by email. And they can change stuff if they want to, within reason. And they don't charge extra for redesigning unless it gets to, to be extreme. But it, I don't have a contract where it's like, oh, this, it's not a very labeled contract where this is non-refundable, but they know it's a non-refundable. I say it's okay. I gotcha. Awesome. We've basically talked about all of the things <laughs> now, deposits, down or contract a little bit, and just all the things with payments and pricing and square foot and all the stuff. So I think that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Thank and you. chatting. And this kind of turned into a whole like money talk with how to collect and all the things. Also, <laughs> actually, I have a couple more questions. How do you collect money? What, what did you use? Venmo, check what? Check, uh, e-transfer, if it's a US customer, PayPal, cash, whatever. I don't have, I'm not set up for credit card. I probably should, but I haven't really 
Chuck is probably the most, and knock on wood, never had anyone to bounce. <laughs> have had a check balance on me yet oh yeah same yeah i yeah. checks are the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> no fees just yeah. yeah anything like that okay awesome that's all i have for you thank you so much for coming on this very last minute interview i really appreciate it <laughs> i'm so excited to have you on for may mural month <laughs> thanks andrew awesome i will talk to you later okay have a great thank you day. bye, bye. And just one more quick reminder that since May is Mural Month, I have created an extra special training for you to learn how to grow your own art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this month and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Then go to artistacademy.co to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. So go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training this month and I really hope that you are enjoying May Mural Month. I will see you next week.